What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we are jumping right back into our season recaps. We have we have flown up the boards. We're still, you know, we're, we're still in the middle of it, but we have definitely made up a lot of ground. I would say probably about more than halfway, maybe about about 60% of the way through, maybe two-thirds of the way through. Today we are going to discuss the Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies finished last year with a winning record. Okay, good for them. Good for them. They have needed that. 82-80. and 80. They were second in the NL East, but they did miss the playoffs. It was an up-and-down year for them overall, but the fact that they finished above 500, this is their first winning record since 2011. 2011, a decade. So, a good turnaround for the for the Phillies. I mean, they just weren't able to put it all together for a whole year. They still had a chance to beat out the Braves for the NL East, but the Braves wound up holding on and then, you know, would win the division by six and a half games. Obviously, you know how that ended. Atlanta would end up winning the whole thing and winning the World Series later. But despite having the MVP in their lineup and, you know, a, a top Cy Young candidate in the rotation, the Phillies had a lot of offensive and pitching struggles outside those two guys. Obviously, those two guys are Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. But, you know, at the trade deadline, they went out and got Kyle Gibson. He was a boost to the rotation, which was struggling, but he was a boost for the last two months, and that provided them with some life down the stretch. Hector Neris was also a bright spot for them for the final two months. He pitched to a 2.38 ERA in 30 games. But, you know, overall, it, it was a volatile year in Philadelphia. But... Ultimately, I would say what did them in was their offense and their bullpen. Offense outside of Harper and then their bullpen, you know, pretty much, you know, most of those guys, except Hector Neres. But they didn't have anyone in the middle of the order to protect Bryce Harper, and they never really had a set closer because their bullpen blew a number of games they had a chance to win. I mean, their bullpen blew a major league record 34 saves, but when they actually did blow a save they still somehow went 14 and 13 just goes to show you that you know things could have been those games could have been won they had a slightly winning record in games where they blew a save but if you think about it if you just don't even blow those games you win blow those saves you win those games outright I don't know if that makes any sense but the fact you know you blow a save and then your offense comes back and then you score some late runs and you win but um if you just lock things down that that bails out your offense from having to mount a heroic comeback. There are even times where they blew multiple saves in one game. I mean, there was a time where they blew three saves in one game. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. But, you know, you you saw some more struggles. So I've talked about the bullpen. And then with the offense, you saw some more struggles from other guys like Alec Bohm. You know, he's a rookie, but he was a major disappointment on offense. He had a pretty solid start. So the pandemic shortened season 2020, you know, obviously he still retained rookie rights, but 2021 was just not a great year for him. Then you had their top pitching pitching prospect, Spencer Howard. He struggled and they eventually traded him to the Rangers. Zach Eflin went down in July and Vince Velasquez ended up getting designated for assignment. Their leadoff guys, you know, leadoff guys are supposed to get on base, right? Well, their leadoff guys didn't do that. They ranked second to last in the majors with a 302 on base percentage. And then their defense was also 
an issue. Didi Gregorius struggled defensively at shortstop. He had minus 18 outs above average. Despite all this, all this negativity that I'm spewing, remember that the Phillies still finished with a winning record this year. And that's that's in large part due to, you know, they're, they're good players, obviously. Uh, Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler being the, the two biggest contributors. Obviously, Bryce Harper won the National League MVP. He was, prior to 2021, he was a 2012 NL Rookie of the Year, a 2015 NL MVP. He returned to a similar form in 2021. So Harper signed a, a record 13-year, $330 million contract in 2019, but this was his best season so far in Philly. He led the majors in doubles, slugging OPS and OPS+, plus. also hit 35 homers. He was also among the leaders in walk rate. And I, I, w- I would say that the fact that he led in walk rate was just, that was a testament to the fact that he had no one behind him, so pitchers could pitch around him a lot because they would just want to face the next batter. So he had lack of protection. Also, he had a patient approach at the plate. But Harper had a phenomenal year, and he, he was well-deserving of the MVP. You know, no one was really talking about Harper, and myself included. No one was talking about Harper for MVP until the, the last two months of the season. And he was just quietly good all year long. He was just quietly steady, steady, steady. And then he, he really did turn it up in the second half. And I would say around August was when he turned it up, and everyone started noticing as other guys like Tatis – uh, started to kind of falter a little bit or, you know, we're not as consistent. But Harper was just really consistent from start to finish. And, you know, obviously when you finish strong, that's what sticks in the minds of voters. That was, that's what people remember most. That's, I mean, it's just human nature. It is. But even if you look at the to- total body of work, he had a phenomenal year. And then Wheeler. So he, he, he was obviously the true ace of the Philly staff. He had an outstanding first full season in Philadelphia Finished 14-10 and 10 with a 2.78 ERA, a 1.01 whip. He led the National League with 247 strikeouts. And he also led the major leagues with 213 and the third innings pitched. Also led the league with three complete games, including two complete game shutouts. He was just a workhorse, complete workhorse, and a true ace of the Philly staff. I mean, I have to also apologize because I know when the Phillies acquired Zach Wheeler a couple years ago, I said that, I remember saying that he was a three-starter on a good team at best, and he proved me wrong. He's an ace. He'd be an ace on any team. Really, think about it. I mean, this dude just put up phenomenal numbers, put the team on his back every fifth day. He deserves to be recognized as such. So what's next for the Philadelphia Phillies? Well, they need to make some major moves this offseason. They they got the winning record for the first time in a decade, but now they need to end their postseason drought. They need to find a legitimate closer, find a solid leadoff hitter, they need to get some other bats in the lineup besides Harper. You know, some guys who can protect him. That's what they need to do. That's what's on their shopping list. Once they come out of this lockout, they need to make some significant strides in that department. They can't just roll out the same team that they did in 2021, or they'll get more of the same. They need to make some significant improvements. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it, we are into the new year now, and the lockout is still dragging on. There is no indication of any progress at this stage. Absolutely no news coming out on that side of things, but it will be resolved, as it always is. But that is our Phillies recap. So that's going to do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection. (laughs) 